Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are discussing The Punisher, Season 2, Episode 1, Roadhouse Blues. All that right after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff, let's dive into Season 2 of Punisher. I am so excited that it's here. Man, it's so good. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, just a quick quality discussion before we get spoilery. Uh, it's I good th- spoiler alert. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's basically it. It is. It has me after one episode. I'm completely emotionally invested again in a new story. Uh, I am. I just. I'm. I'm in love with Frank Castle. Um, I think this is just the best. Sh- I think this is the best of the Netflix shows. Like I, I love. I love Daredevil. I really do. I love season one of Jessica Jones. I really like Luke Cage a lot. But man, this is this is just great TV at a really <laughs> high level. Um, it felt like an amazing movie, honestly. Like I was like, is this this feels like a sequel? You know, like a sequel of of some like eighties movie, especially with this whole Roadhouse thing that they're doing. Oh yeah, all the country music. Yeah, never would have figured Frank for a country music fan. I feel like he's absolutely a country music fan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of stuck on on Metallica after you know season one, especially the trailers leading up to season one. Like I'm stuck on Metallica for Frank. Right. But yeah, I could I could see him liking country music just to kind of like mellow him out. He's got that sort of southern accent. He's got the uh, he he loves guns and. Uh, military guy, like totally a country music guy. Um, <laughs> maybe not, you know, I'm not trying to put him in a bottle. He like, he may like all kinds of things, but it totally makes sense that he likes country music. It also makes sense for what I feel like might be sort of a target demographic for this show. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. like, like it, it, as we discussed, this show is one of the only shows that has like the two sided, and almost leans toward the gun side of that converse of the gun conversation, like which yeah. just presenting both sides is kind of interesting. Um, but like this show with him and with Karen, like they're both just such gun nuts. Like it's it's kind of insane. Well, you know, like uh, not to get too much into spoiler territory, but his first fight in in this. Uh, I'm sorry, his first, like, actual, you know, confrontation with, with bad guys in this episode, uh, involves him not using a gun at all and yeah. still just kicking ass. The first chronological fight, anyway. Which, alright, I think it's time to get into spoilers. You guys have heard of Say It. It's an amazing season. If you haven't seen season one, go back, watch it, without, jump in on season two. It is so good. Spoiler alert in three, two, one. Frank Castle got some. <laughs> Frank Castle got some, and it and it did not feel crass. It did not feel you know exploitative. We we've seen a lot of characters, Jessica, Luke, uh, Misty, just have sort of one night stand sex. Yeah, uh, and I mean we've we've seen Luke, uh, Luke and Claire get it on in a loving manner. <laughs> Especially that right out of prison loving manner. Yes, yes, they're, they're they they definitely were in love and everything. But this 
the way they they shot the sex scene, and not to dive right into the sex scene. Let me let me jump back before we dive into okay. the sex scene. Okay, uh, where, right. where I totally agree with you. Him getting some was a great scene. Like it was a really great scene. It was meant so much. I started crying during that scene because of him describing his family and everything to her. It was it was amazing. The the way they intercut it non linearly was just genius. Just yeah. genius. And I think that that. The way that they chopped that scene up is kind of reminiscent of uh, the beginning of the episode, actually. Right. The entire the entire episode's nonlinear, but that was like a little microcosm of nonlinear. Um, but yes, that is the. You told me before I watched it because you got to watch it before me. You're like, it's a little slow. I don't agree at all. This episode has so much going on in it. It it's a little slow in that it's not like fast editing and it's not. Um, it's not in a city. It's it, they have given that sort of roadhouse, sleepy country music vibe. But man, there's so much going on. And from the very first moment, Frank, like the, I was in from the first frame of this uh, season. First thing we see is a blood covered Frank Castle's face. Yep, that was blood covered Frank Castle's face driving a van, driving the van. Yes, and then in true Punisher fashion, like the thing we've talked about Punisher so much is that he's a character that doesn't really care to to prove he's not an asshole, and and that comes into play in their conversation too. But like, you're not all you're not always on his side. Sometimes he goes too far. And yeah. from the very opening shot of this, first of all, he's, a, he's got a blood-covered face. You see a woman in the passenger seat, so you know he's being protective because you know the character. But yeah. then he looks out the front, and a group of two women and a man get out of a car. It is very rare to see your main character gun down someone without seeing that person do something first. To justify him gunning them down. Yep. Yep. It is incredibly rare for a main (laughs) character to gun down two females. (laughs) Like that's just not a thing that these shows do because it's 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 a little taboo. And the Punisher doesn't care about your taboo. The character and the show does not care about your taboo. Absolutely. This is what the character is. They're unapologetic the same as the first season. They're unapologetically Frank Castle story here. Yes, and I just freaking love it. Like, I don't always agree with him. I don't always think it, like, he's doing the right thing necessarily, but man, I, I just, I know that he's trying to do the right thing. Like, I know he has a good heart, and that he's trying to do the right thing, and I know he's a, he's a hurt, uh, beaten man from all the things he's gone through with his family, and, and I'm just, I trust that what he's making, the decisions he's making, are decisions I trust that at least he's trying to make good decisions. I don't know if, if that makes sense. What I what I found to be really funny about that scene, like it is like sh- kind of shocking and jarring. Absolutely, and the way that he's so nonchalant about it, like he rolls down his window, like he's about to order a freaking cheeseburger or something. Yes, he does. <laughs> and and it's just like, all right, let's move on. <laughs> it's just so Frank Castle the way he gets out of it through just pure force. Yep, and then it comes yep. back to that scene later when he just mows down three more people in the next car. He's like, drrr, drrr, like just, uh, and and of course they had to build in the stakes. Like so that happens. They show that at the beginning. Then they cut back and it shows him getting to know this woman. And from the first moments in that bar, they the, every every line was so beautifully like Frank Castle, um, and they were it beautifully human. 
and like romantic and real realistic. And I just yeah. loved, I loved all of their exchanges. Um, I wrote a bunch of things down cause I just, I love this episode so much. I think there's this, so many things where it could have like this whole episode, if it hadn't turned into this bloody barred brawl, uh, it could have gone the route of like kind of awkward. We're getting back into romance rom-com. Yeah, no, it, it was. And that's the thing. That's actually a, a point I wanted to make. Like when, um, you, you know what, uh, you, you know, the like crossing the threshold in storytelling and like resisting the call. You know what I'm talking about? Like the hero's journey. So yeah. in, in a hero's journey, there's often a call to action. You resist the call and then you, uh, you, 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 you make a decision to cross the threshold and go into, oh, go into yeah. the storyline, like whatever yeah. the storyline is. And in a, in, in a, in a superhero story, that should be, you're resisting the call to be a superhero and then you go and try to be that, right? Right. But this, the, the, the structure of this episode, Frank Castle is resisting the call to love again. Right. There's also like the meeting with the goddess, which is clearly that scene. Like this was structurally like any other hero's journey, but the journey is not to to kill the most bad guys or to be the biggest, best hero, even save the most people. His journey is like trying to love again. And when he does that U-turn in the van, that's his threshold crossing. That's him making that decision that even though he's resisted, he drove two hours in the wrong direction. He spun around and came back and, and, and to be with her. And just so good. So, yep. so good. It's such a great, it's such a great story for him. And I love that, uh, they just kind of use that so far. They just kind of use that to show like, okay, Frank Castle, you know, is starting to try to get back into that life or get, get back into the, the domestic life. Get back to having a life. Get back to having a life. Yeah. And then trouble just finds him and he goes straight back to being the Punisher. It so, it's so tragic. Like, I don't even yeah. know. I don't even know if we'll see that woman again. Like, I hope we do. I really hope we do. For yeah, I hope sake. she makes it to the end. I hope that, like, when the whole arc of, like, the all of the bad guys are done, he can come back to that roadhouse and just be like, hey, uh, can I have a beer? But do you think he would? That's the thing is, like, I think he this this episode, if I were him, this episode would give me a complex. Yeah. Because, like, I can't have that life because it's just going to get taken away from me. Yeah, and not just taken away from me, but, like, he is bringing pain into this woman's life. He promised her in those moments in bed together, he promised her that there's things she doesn't know about him, but those things will never visit her. Like, those things will never affect her life. No, yeah, his past will not affect her. And it didn't. I know, but I don't think that he draws that distinction. I think he sees him, he just broke a promise in in Castle's mind. He was doing everything he could to not be uh, the guy who would bring that pain to her. That's why when the bathroom, he says, I'm just a guy who can't help but be an asshole. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, golly, it's so freaking good. Every yep. line of this episode was perfectly crafted and perfectly played. Um, I loved when she when she says, "Just promise me you're not an asshole," and he says, "Isn't that yeah, the that's... kind of thing an asshole would say?" <laughs> and then he says the thing that an asshole wouldn't say, and he says, "Listen, my bed's right there. We can call this a night. No hard feelings. I'm not putting any pressure on you." And and that that's what an asshole wouldn't say. 
he and then she's like come on home with me like i loved that scene so much yep it's him respecting her him giving her lots of agency and choice and no pressure and and her recognizing the actual goodness within him um i i I loved it so much (laughs) yeah and there's so many times that she says like you know traditionally i should do this like you know normal protocol or whatever says i should do this i should kick you out right now i should stop i you know i shouldn't talk to you again but she follows her gut and her gut says that he's a good person he's a good man that is not gonna be an asshole (laughs) yeah except in frank's mind that's exactly what he's being because he's bringing this to her door even if he did he didn't he didn't bring it into the bar but he could have just ignored it he could have like that's not frank though you know like the way frank lives his life with these absolutes and these like you know he has his own ethic that he's going to stand up and do what he thinks is right sometimes it puts the people he loves in danger same the same way i think that in many ways that's what happened to his family you know um they i don't remember the exact particulars but for some reason they wanted to kill frank and i have a feeling it's because he wasn't the kind of guy that would go for the things they wanted to do you know i can't remember exactly yeah. why they wanted to kill frank which is or or his family uh i don't i don't remember either i know it's all kind of blurry but the the, yeah. the thing is it was his unit or his his people that killed him and it's like i think those people probably wanted to do the things they were doing these like um you know and and frank's just too good of a man to just go go along and get along and let things happen he's gonna fight the bad things and so the bad people have to stop him you know Uh, and kill the ones he loves Mm. Mm. right after he says the line um take the good when it comes which i loved it shows a flashback of um him with his family but also with uh russo is that is that his name with billy yeah billy russo uh yeah it shows it shows him with billy like as if he's he's missing billy the same way he misses his family like he lost his family but he still has those memories of the good times and he yeah. lost billy to becoming this horrible person but he's still remembering the good times with Billy. Like he's still trying to hold on to the good things in his life. Even well, the Billy things was that, his family. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Like Billy was, Billy was his part. brother. Yes, I totally agree. And I mean, when, like when either of them refer to each other, it's always been brother. Yeah. So I, I just, I don't, I don't see how they could. And I mean, it's, especially as much as they went through together on, you know, it, while being deployed, like there's no way that they could see each other as anything less than family. Right. And in this moments in the, in these quiet moments he's trying to hold on to the good things. He's it's him coming back to his humanity that he's kind of left behind. And I think in those moments uh he also he sees all that and then he has a flash of himself bashing Billy with the mirror. Yeah. Um in it, which is from the final episode of season 1 Ugh. and I Uh, I just had the thought, does he regret that? I think he does. I think he regrets going so far with Billy. Like, I think he regrets wanting to put Billy through the pain that he experienced, even though in many ways he was right to do it. Like, I was watching that scene and I was like, man, you're going too far with this. Like, I would put him down, like, (laughs) put him down, putting him down because he did a horrible thing is one thing, but torturing him is another, you know? Yeah. 
dragging his face across a broken mirror is something entirely different. And I think that Frank knows that when he's sort of activated as the Punisher, he kind of goes into a different place. He's a different man. And he doesn't like being that man. And in these quiet moments, he's trying to hold on to the good things, but he's still in these flashes of these horrible things. But he's not having a flash of his children and wife dying. He's having a flash of himself being the monster. Yeah. 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 It's no longer, uh, it's no longer his family dying at his hands. It's, or rather, it's no longer his family dying right in front of him. It's his brother being ruined by his hands. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that's some shit he's got to live with. Yep. What did you think about in this episode about Frank? Like, we finally get to see Frank uh, with kind of a, a paternal streak to him. Like, how he, he's kind of, you know, being fatherly with the, yes. with the kid. I like pancakes. No, no, I, re- I really like pancakes. I love pancakes. <laughs> when she when she was trying to tell him, you know, I have a kid. Are you okay with that? I was like, of course he is. He fucking loves kids. <laughs> right? Like, uh, why wouldn't them. I be? Why wouldn't I be? Yeah. Yeah, and and he opens himself up in that in that bedroom, and allows himself to be vulnerable. And he, he even say he calls himself Frank. He tells her his name's Frank because he wants it to be real. He wants it to be honest. He says he wants it to be honest. And then he, as he's leaving the room, the, the, before they even talked about it, his ring hanging around his neck was such a poignant symbol. Of of like and uh, there he's he's in there he's trying to have sex with this woman but the ring his ex wife's ring or his 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 dead wife's ring is dangling off his neck and it's like kind of in between them and he literally grabs it and pushes it behind his neck and yeah. it's like him pushing that behind him it's, this episode is so symbolic and cool and then he he opens up about the ring he tells her what it is he tells her why and then as he's leaving her bedroom. The ring is dangling outside his shirt. He picks up that ring and puts it in his shirt right before he leaves the bedroom. And to me, that was him, like, hiding away his true, loving, honest self. You know, going back to being the road warrior. Like, you know, this is my vulnerability, and I'm going to put it away, you know? Yeah. That's him going back to being rough road. Yeah, rough road. <laughs> what are you doing, rough road? It's good. Oh, man. Uh, there was one thing that I saw that I, it was like a little tiny detail, and I'm pretty certain that, like, it's one of those details where you know that it got put in for a reason, if not to to show just how life in that situation or life in that place is, but maybe also to uh, you know to kind of give some some sort of message about the. Uh, this, the characters and the life just in general. Uh, but when they were showing the sign for Lola's roadhouse, like when they showed the marquee outside. Yeah. Uh, if you read through all of the words that are on it, you'll notice that there are two major missing letters. It's O and K. So there is no okay. Oh yeah. The, this place is not okay. Yeah. Interesting. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I may be looking into that too much, which is you know something that I do. But I noticed <laughs> it, and I was like, "Ha, <laughs> yeah, yeah." And, and it seems like whatever's going on, the police chief seems like he's in the hands of whatever this villain is. So it looks like there's just some sort of local syndicate. And you know, like let's talk about the priest for a minute. Like with our last Netflix series, Daredevil, we had 
we had a, a character who was driven by his faith, or you know, even he was confronted with his his potential failing of faith, but he he was he had always used his faith used his faith to drive his decisions. Like he did, he may have done bad things, but he didn't ever take it too far, and he always tried to you know use the law to stop the bad guys. But now here we have a villain for the Punisher who is seemingly a man of God. And I'm hoping that he uses that religion and, and scripture and whatnot to kind of justify being a bad guy so that mm. you, you can get that kind of reverse face of, of yeah. what Daredevil is. The sort of religion is a tool and it can be used for good or ill. Right. Um, what, I, pardon me, but where was the religious iconography with this character? I missed it. He had he had crosses as cufflinks. Okay, and, I totally um, missed that. Yeah, when he when he strangled the guy in the beginning, his cufflink pressed into the guy's neck. Oh, and I left saw the that. Cross I saw that neck. cross symbol, but I legitimately thought it was a scar. Like I thought it was a white, like a, an old scar. No, um, no. I saw the I saw the thing in his neck. No, okay, okay, okay. So that that is definitely symbolic there. Um, him justifying that action. That's that's cool. I like that. Uh, that'll be interesting going forward. Um, I feel like the thing we haven't talked about, which was amazing in this episode, is the bathroom fight. <laughs> bathroom fights are getting a uh, a real boost here lately. Well, what's the other one? I'm I'm, I'm not missing another bathroom fight. There's there's all kinds of bathroom fights here lately. Oh, um, just like I thought you meant in the Netflix stuff. No, no, just in general. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. That's true. Uh, you know, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible um, bathroom fight was great. Bathroom fight um, <laughs> with, with Henry Cavill having to cock his arms. You know, having to reload and cock him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, just you see a lot of bathroom fights here lately, and it's it's kind of like I, I don't know. I guess it's, it's I feel like that's fight old. choreography, new territory. Um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. It's been around for a long time. There's like bathroom fights in like Terminator and True Lies. Uh, Are bath- yeah, man, bathroom fights. I don't remember Terminator having a bathroom fight. I thought there was a bathroom fight in Terminator. Maybe I'm just thinking of something with stalls. I know he picks There's- someone up and walks them through a bunch of stalls. Um, but. Hmm. Regardless, there have been bathroom fights in movies. True Lies definitely had a big bathroom fight. Okay. Uh, Weirdly, I'm only thinking of Terminator, of uh, Schwarzenegger movies, but also I remember a a bathroom (laughs) fight in Kindergarten Cop. I don't know why I'm only thinking of Schwarzenegger (laughs) movies. Maybe there's, maybe that's just like all I'm thinking. Maybe I'm just on, my mind is on Schwarzenegger, but there are definitely bathroom fights. Okay. Uh, But. I agree. There have been some cool ones. Uh, as I, just, of I noticed them a lot more. Interesting, interesting. But yeah, this one was amazing. Uh, first thing, two bad guys pull out knives. Frank Castle pulls out a belt. Yep. Pulls his belt off. It was so good. And they are like, you're so over your head right now. You don't even know. You and can't even see the light. They're like, <laughs> He's like, no, I think that's you. I think that's <laughs> you. You don't know who you're facing here. Yep. <laughs> I love it. I love that he was just kind of like, we'll see. (laughs) We still don't know anything about these characters. We don't know why they're, they're, what they're exactly looking for. We know they want the backpack. 
Uh, it seems like they got what they wanted. Like, why are they still chasing Frank? Just for revenge, I guess? I mean, it's usually at that point kind of a uh, leave no loose ends, nobody to identify them Maybe. sort of thing. He also says that's somebody's dog let off the leash. It's possible he... Obviously, he has a, a stall of... Uh, fighters himself maybe he wants him for himself maybe he thinks he can, maybe he thinks frank's the kind of guy who can be convinced to join him and he likes the fighting i don't know we'll, we'll see we'll see as he get as as they confront each other um great great but great amazing fight scene let me just a few things i loved um i love when he grabs the guy by the head and just throws him through the sink yeah and the sink just smashes off I love when he throws the girl through the bathroom stall and it like destroys the entire side of the bathroom stall. So there's no side to that bathroom stall. But then a couple minutes later, she like comes out of the door. That cracked me up. I wish they had shown it from the other side for the comedy effect, but like the the stall doesn't even exist anymore. And she like uses the door. That just she still that made, uses the door. Made me laugh a lot. <laughs> and then of course that was mirrored. She comes out of the door, and then he opens the door and throws the girl, the the girl he's protecting, into the stall. Like that that was super funny. There's just a lot of really funny moments in that bathroom fight. It, it was yeah. really well done. Like it was, it was not only funny. It was also like really awesome. Like super brutal. Yeah, and then like when it progressed outside, it was like, oh snap! <laughs> like when the uh, when Ringo got involved, I was just like, shit, get it, Ringo! <laughs> and then you know he got stabbed over and over again. Yeah, poor big guy. Yeah, I really hated that. I, I and that that was super sad. And obviously, um, Beth cared about him. She screams yeah. no and starts grabbing the gun when when he starts going down man when he, he he fights so hard too he does he gets stabbed like repeatedly and is still swinging mm-hmm. like damn and that, it shows how good these fighters are because it's not like frank is just a, a a stronger person taking on weaker enemies these are really strong enemies that are you know that that guy was huge and he gets taken down by this girl who's like a third his size but she's just got skills you know um and frank uh has better skills and takes out like six or seven of them. It, it was a great, yeah. great um, fight sequence. The whole thing was amazing. Ah. Yep. Well, I'm yep. ready for episode two. Me too. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com, slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or to support the cast, go to patreon.com, slash mcucast. We're going to post these Punisher episodes as quickly as we can on the Patreon. They'll be coming out once a day uh, in on the regular feed, so if you get ahead and you want to catch up, jump over to Patreon, pledge any amount, and you get access to all of the Punisher episodes right away. So please check those out, patreon.com slash mcucast. Thank you all so much. Peace. Until next time, true believers. 